This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Pride of West Midlands podcast. Sorry, this is the Pride of West London podcast. And it's deadline day. And it's actually Black Thursday for Brentford fans. It's absolutely depressive out there at the moment. Now, we're not talking about the rain that was earlier today. It's a proper depressive day today. I'm sitting here in West London in a pub that I actually really like. It's the Cross Keys pub. It's in the middle of the houses, Black Line Lane in Hammersmith, Stamford Brook. If you ain't been there, you should come down there. It's a wicked little pub. They take completely enough to care of us, and it's set in the houses, and you just come down there, have a couple of pints of pride, and just enjoy yourselves. But I've been here for a couple of hours, to be quite honest with you. I've been drowning my sorrows, because today has not been a great day. As uh, Ice T said... Yes. Ice no, Ice Cube. Ice, ice Cube. cube. Not it wasn't Ice Cube. Today's <laughs> not a good day, actually. I mean, he said it was a good day, but today's not a good day at all. So, like I said, be drowning our sorrows there. There's actually even a pub quiz next door, and we were sitting in the pub quiz. We were recording outside, nice and lively out there, and then the first question was, how many players have Brentford got list? We've just thought, actually, no, we're going to come inside here because we're not having any of this at all. Get away from that. Yeah. Listen, we're trying to make light of a real dark day today. Listen, last season... Exactly a year ago, there was a lot of excitement on deadline day. We'd signed players like, not on the day, but Sawyers, we had Bentley with Egan, we had a nice little firm little kind of, you know, load of players we brought in. Kai Kai came in and Henry as well, even though he was injured and there's a lot of excitement. And also Woods extended his contract and players had gone out, Button had gone out a bit earlier. Ledesma, I think, went on the final day as well. He was the only player that went out in O'Connell and Bidwell. So we were delighted with that. It's a completely and utterly different feeling that we got today. So listen, I'm Billy Grant. I'm sitting here in the Cross Keys and I'm in the house with Mr. David Lane. How are you doing, Dave? Um, pretty average. Uh, yeah, it's been... It's, 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 it's probably like... Um, your worst day as a, as, a, as a football fan when when you lose or you know over the last couple of days we've lost some serious um, the, almost the backbone of our team um, it's, it's the reason why we hate as a, as a smaller club 
the transfer the transfer window you know this is a reason why this needs to be sorted and, and we need to get um, the, the transfer deadline within the close season it, it's ridiculous that we are a month into the football season we've been playing games with these players and all of a sudden they're not ours now it, it, it is, it's unsettling it's, it, it's, it, it possibly can you know derail our season isn't it the same for any team though yeah it is but I mean most 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 clubs are selling clubs you know it it, it doesn't help Brentford or you could say we brought in 10 million quid from Birmingham City so it some some of it helps us but it, it, it's not great for the it's not great for the the the, the building of a, of a promotion a promotion team or a promotion challenge you know we we were sitting here four or five weeks ago thinking We've got a squad that's capable of taking us possibly to, to be knocking on the door of the Premier League, and now we're thinking, what have we got left? In the pub of me as well today, and he hasn't actually look back at it. He hasn't actually joined us for possibly actually nearly two years because you joined us when we were actually drinking in Covent Garden before we even did the pub tour when we were at the the hospital club, you know, yeah. which has yeah, been the hospital club for at least two years now. Edward the Headwood, how you doing? I'm uh, I'm all right, Bill. In in myself, in my Brentford capacity, I'm a bit deflated. Um, it, it has been a tough day, as, as Dave said. It's it's a hard day being a small club as watching our best players leave us um, because of bigger pay packets my day has consisted of doing a bit of work then looking at Twitter then doing a bit of work and doing a bit of Twitter and each time I go on Twitter I keep telling myself not to go back and look at it uh, due to just up, uh, you know upsetting you know it's, it's a sad day um, but then we, 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 we get up and we go again so I'm, I'm here and I'm happy alright ok you're here and you're happy and we've also got a new guest as well we like to invite new people onto the Pride of West London podcast anyone who wants to come on and give their point of view they're more than welcome they can email us they can tweet us they can do whatever they can do to try and get on there we're more than welcome guests to give their point of view positive negative whatever it may be and we've got Robin otherwise known as Bob's but we're going to call him because we think it's all his fault Robin Hood <laughs> because he's been robbing the rich to, 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 to feed the poor apparently or been robbing the poor to feed the rich even oh indeed um, it's, it's been one of those days where you just think you know who would be a football fan and as Dave quite rightly said earlier who would be fan. a Brentford fan um, I was absolutely fine until five o'clock uh, when I finished work and then realised I've got nothing to think about then other than okay how many players are we going to sign how many players are we going to buy and bring in and then how many players are we going to have to let go because of um, the budgets of other clubs um, the latter of that has come true um, and I think it's going to become fairly relevant in this you know in the chat we're going to have today that that's obviously a negative but nonetheless um, I like to remain positive um, going forward um, and I'm just quite happy to be here spending an evening talking about Brentford talking about football so. and, and drinking beer of and course drinking beer and eating nachos that, that's well. right so yeah that's all good so listen we're going to go through Brentford's transfer deadline day and also deadline day as, as well we've got um, we've got the TV up in the corner which is actually showing the tennis at the moment which uh, well there's probably you know we instructed them not to put the deadline day up because we didn't want to be crying anymore um, you know but we may have the Sky Sports coming up as well a bit, little bit later and they'll be actually telling us if we sold any more players um, in the next few hours so that we'll be, you know we'll be telling you you probably know this by the time you listen to it as well but we'll be going through it at the time but we're going to be going through Brentford's transfer deadline day and talking about the players that have left the players that have joined well they haven't had any players that have joined us yet but maybe by the time we finish this deadline day and also you know just the thoughts behind that 
So, as we say, transfer deadline day is... I've always been on record to say, and I know a lot of people think the same, I hate transfer deadline day. I think it's horrible. I think it's keyed towards Sky Sports. I have no idea why transfer deadline day happens one month into the season. It's completely and utterly ridiculous. It derails teams. It derails even more small teams like Brentford because it allows teams who've got more money to just come in and pluck players who've had a couple of decent sort of kind of games at the beginning of the season. And it's very, very, very upsetting. But it is what it is, and we have to deal with it. And with our transfer deadline day this year, Last year, as we said, two years ago, we were rocked. We had Andre Gray and a load of players left, like, you know, we had Dallas and that. Maybe not on deadline day, but they left within that window. This Last year, we were all right. This time again, we've been rocked. And part of the reason why I think we're disappointed is because there was a lot of expectation this season. We, we had a great end to last season. Um, we signed some great players and it was looking really good. We signed some... You know, good players in the close season from your Watkins and your Malpays, and everyone was really excited, hoping that we can keep this team together. I think we've all been on record here. I mean, I was definitely on record saying that I think that if we can keep this team together, however it may be, we'll have a good shot on this season. And expectations are high, maybe they were too high. And all of a sudden, things have now changed. The first player that we're going to talk about is a big player because he actually creates a massive, massive vibe within Brentford. We're talking about Hotter. Hotter, the, the, the Spanish wizard, the king. He made people smile, he made women smile, he made kids smile, he made everybody smile the way that he played his football. To be fair, he hasn't been at Brentford that long. I mean, he's been there for long enough for a whole season, but he's been missing for a couple of seasons and we brought him back because he was struggling and he had a brilliant half a season, okay? It might have only been four months, but that was a real sign that he can do something. Of course, we knew that Hotter has had one year on his contract. So we knew this was coming to a certain extent, but you always, as a fan, hope. Hope that there's going to be some sort of kind of honour there. There's going to be some sort of something there that the player will go, tell you something, these guys, we love them. I love them, you know, manners, you know, they've done this for me, you know, I've had to go for my personal problems, I had to go away, I've had to come back. It's not about money, it's about football, but, you know, maybe that's in our sort of kind of fluffy world of being football fans, that's what we think. So, even though we knew Hotter, he hadn't hadn't signed a contract, but you didn't know whether or not he was going to, he wasn't going to, you know, he's got to have a little peep around, talk to a few other people maybe, and see what he can get from them and then maybe come back to Brentford and say listen if you can up it a little bit then maybe I'll stay maybe that was us just thinking out of the blue here but boom all of a sudden it came out of the blue you know and also we say this about transfer deadline day it makes me laugh because there's a transfer window that I think it opens in was it July July the the transfer window opens in but the the killer thing about the transfer window is that what's the point of it opening in July we might as well make the transfer window two three four five days because pretty much all the activity happens in the last few days so from day one Hotter's agent's been saying to him he's going to get him a Premier League deal I'm going to get you Premier League I'm going to get a Premier League he even stopped playing two friendlies because of that because we thought okay we don't need to get injured to get your Premier League deal but after that we knew it wasn't happening so he had to play then he had to play for us as well and he did look a little bit reticent when he played I mean that game against Wolves that he played on Saturday he didn't look like he was up for it at all so for us we're thinking as Brentford fans Hotter he ain't going anywhere maybe he might actually be looking at to renegotiate his deal and there was rumours going around that that was happening but then afterwards like I said to you we got a call 
and this is 100%. Got a call in a couple of days ago that Hotter was seen down at the Fulham Motspur Park training ground. Um, I've, I've actually confirmed that for second, three, four. I spoke to the geezer actually um, even this morning again, and he called me again today to say it was 100% that he saw him walk past him at Motspur Park training ground. Um, he wasn't meant to be there, so I think it was a little bit of a shock that this, that this story came out. And he was obviously going out there testing the field. Maybe he just wanted to go to Fulham to see what they had to say. Maybe he was going to Fulham to actually see if he can actually kind of get them to put a bid in so that they can actually do the Birmingham thing. Okay. But, but he was at um, the Mock Craning Ground, and that seems to have accelerated everything because once that story came out, it's all kicked off. Um, next day, Birmingham, that afternoon, they put in a bid in the afternoon for, for him, and before you know it, he's off to Birmingham City. I mean, the facts of the deal is, and again, this is from our contact up in Birmingham, um, £6 million from what I can understand, and he's been offered forty grand a week. Fulham are absolutely gutted, apparently. They didn't want that story to come out because they offered £6.5 million and thirty grand a week. So uh, the fact is that he's actually... I shouldn't be laughing, but he's gone to Birmingham. He's getting more money per week, actually, but actually they offered less money. Now, I mean, guys, hotter to Birmingham City I mean how did you feel when you heard that I mean the fact is it's a bit of a weird one because he was going to go to Fulham and we were like all freaking out a little bit and we shouldn't do because I mean at the end of the day if he got to Barnsley it'd be different but because it's Fulham we're all freaking out a little bit and all of a sudden it's like oh no he's not going to Fulham he's going to Birmingham how did you feel? Well losing Yotta's always going to be emotional you know he's arguably one of the best players we've ever seen wearing a red and white stripe shirt for Brentford so to lose him was is, it was always going to be upsetting to lose him to Fulham was probably beyond comprehension and that looked like a reality until you know um, the story got out that he'd been snooping where he shouldn't snoop um, he, he'd probably just gone to, gone popped down to get a bit of quiche um, or maybe may, maybe some uh, maybe some sort of mulberry wine or something but you know uh, hunters uh, he Yotta owed it to Brentford, in my opinion, to, to, to do the right thing. Him going to Birmingham, I don't feel it is the right thing. I, I feel if his agent and the player himself was putting out that he wouldn't go to any other club unless it was a premiership club, then we, we, we understand that. There's, there's absolutely no way on God's earth that we will stand in the way of a player if they honestly are making a, the best best move for themselves, their family, and, and what is a short career. Going to Birmingham is all about money. That's it. You've got, you know, Yotta's got a move. He's gone, he's, he, he's obviously quadrupled his, his actual wages, but... Has he gone to a Premiership club? No, he hasn't. Um, so I, I feel, I feel it's a proper kick in the nuts. I mean, and it's a kick in the nuts. I mean, I'm sitting there and I've got to do devil's advocate. Do you think maybe the players thinking, I'm not being funny, but a year ago I was nowhere. I was over in Spain and they weren't playing me, and I was pretty rubbish. And uh, and then I came out to Brentford, and all of a sudden I'm brilliant now, and I need to make hay while the light shines so he's just gone out there going oh no I just need to do any kind of deal 100% right and you know if you listen back to what we've said on the podcast before and what we've written it's all over besotted to, to, to get Yotta back at all was beyond our wildest dreams right to get Yotta back and be better than he was before he left was off the radar and then to, to get 
eight million pounds potentially with add-ons for a player that was out of contract at the end of the season. Again, it's it's it makes perfect business sense, but you've still got to counteract that with how you feel as a fan. And I think that's where we're all at at the moment. You've got a philosophical hat that we all get that we, we need to balance the books where we're competing way above way above where, where we can really compete with economically we, we, we are we are we are generating and finding players that are valuable to other teams at some stage you hope that you can have to start keeping them if you actually really want to go up but at the moment I think you know all fans feel that we're just kind of like just a bit gutted and I think that's natural I mean, again, I've got the headwind. I'm going to ask you as well, because, I mean, again, I was feeling pretty flat today hearing that news, because the fact is that, you know, he, to me, brings something to Brentford other than what he does on the pitch. He's a great player and he's a brilliant player, but also there's a vibe. You go inside there and people are excited about him. You can feel the fans excited about him. The kids are excited about him. You know, the players, when he's there, they, he brings something else which you cannot put a value on. You know, and you bring another player in, in his place, and he might be a good player, but you don't have that kind of feel good value you know what I'm saying and those players are sort of kind of one in a million you know you know QPR have had those players you know um, um, Wolves have had those players you know um, Liverpool have had those players where they're just saying this player is really is some, he brings something else yeah. other than the football and do you think that the club is going to lose something from losing a player like Hotter first off I'd say that everything you just said was completely right but Jota earned that feeling from the fans you know he, he put in performances and put in uh, you know skills and tricks and goals that made all of us around this table and everyone in Griffin Park grow to love him and understand him and be accepting when he wanted to go away and go back and do family things and we let him do it and I still remember I listen to podcasts every week as well as coming on it now and again Bill saying forget about Jota he's gone like we're not getting him back it's not happening and then all this so happened last January that we did get him back and, and things fell in the right place. Now, do we sit here and bemoan him for going to triple his wages? No. Do we bemoan him for going and leaving to a team in the same league? Yes, I think we do. Um, uh, but as, as I said, when we were sitting here drowning our sorrows before we started the podcast, if, it was, if we take football out of the equation, if somebody said to you, come and join my company next week, I'll triple your wages and even then I'll put an ad on that you know you might do so well that you can join another club in two years time would you bemoan them that? no you wouldn't uh, we'd, we're just associated to it because it's Brentford um, and it is a kick in the what's it's to lose Jota but we knew it was happening to Birmingham is, is the main upset for us I think I'm wondering listen I mean I'm not being churlish here as well but you know, let's look at Jota on the pitch. We know what he's like. The last four weeks, he's been fairly average on the pitch. It's interesting because when you, you know, we do a post-match podcast, we speak to the away fans. Mm. We spoke to away fans and go, oh, that Jota's pretty good, isn't yeah. he? We're like, uh, no, actually, he's been pretty rubbish. So to them, he's quite good. But to us, he's been fairly average, you know. So I'm just wondering whether or not um, he blows hot and cold. And also, the other thing is that, you know, I have this theory sometimes, like players are sometimes very good within certain teams so what's happened is that you've got your system you've got your whole vibe it's not only about the, the football you know about the player but it's about what else is around you it's about the coaching system it's about the system that you play it's all this other stuff and if that isn't in place sometimes the player may not click necessarily he went over to Ebar and he, they didn't do nothing 
you know but all of a sudden it's like so is this a scenario that Hotter you know um, his contribution in the last four weeks hasn't been great but he may go to Birmingham and I mean, we don't know and he might not do the business I think what well, you said you said the phrase hot and cold there um, I think it's evident from his um time as a Brentford player, as a contracted Brentford player, that he's blown hot and cold. His first season when he first joined here um, was the season where we had players like Alex Pritchard and um, Stuart Dallas in a fantastic attacking sort of, you know, scenario. And Hotter was, you know, was part of that. He was arguably one of the spearheads of that. He scored the last minute goal against Fulham at home. Um, He scored the last minute goal at Fulham away. Um, And he had a fantastic season. Um, Obviously, the next season he got crocked, went away to Abar. Um, because of family reasons as well, went back to Spain um, and blew cold. So, and then came back and, like you said earlier, for four months was um, the best player in the championship. So, I think you know the, the, the whole hot and cold thing is definitely evident. But the fact is, does is the player that we have sold different to the player that we bought? You know, two, was it two years ago now? And I think that I would argue that um, Hotter has grown as a player and has contributed a lot to the club. Um, nonetheless, it is still, I think, quite detractive of um, both the player and the club that he has gone. He was he had Premiership suitors, and then has suddenly turned um, turned around and left the club to go to a Championship club that as a Quite, pointly, quite rightly pointed out earlier on in the podcast um, is finished lower than us in the table last season um, and has only really um, gone for the money I think I, I, I think it's a, it's a very not precarious one because you know it's, it's a good deal for the player whether he plays or not he's, he's, you know, he's tripled his wages so um, you know, will he care probably, probably he will care I mean it's very similar to Scott Hogan and I'm interrupting you there as well but you know Scott Hogan did the same thing where he's brilliant for us and then he's got an Aston Villa hasn't been great but he's on 62 grand a week so do you think the player's thinking mm, oh god I'm very disappointed or do you just think he's, I'm on 62 I mean how does it work with these players because from what I could gather Hotter didn't really need. He's got a, he's got a wife who's who's a supermodel. I think they're earning money. He didn't need the money, and he would have actually, I think, played in the Premier League for less money than he would have done in the Championship. So the Championship deal has come come about, and he's gone for it. I mean, wouldn't you have thought that maybe he would have stayed with us for a little bit? I mean, or am I being too sort of rose tinted glasses? No, I, I know you're not being rose tinted. You know, I, I think you know, and you're not being naive either. You know, we we we're big ambassadors of manners, and the Brent, Brentford as a football club have shown. Yotta the most respect they could have ever given him they, they understood that he had personal issues they understood what a talent he was and at the time where, when Yotta put out that personal statement and he extended his contract for a year because we were letting him go off and just do what he needed to do that we 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 stood by him. He, it was kind of a, like a mutual kind of agreement that we'll let you go, we'll sort you out, but you you'll sort us out. You won't you won't fleece us. Now, it, it especially after him saying that he wouldn't go to a, a club that wasn't in the Premier League. I just think that's just like I think it's just like well-meaning hogwash to be honest. Okay, pulling it away from Hotter himself and the decision-making process, obviously, like I said to you, and the way that it works, normally, like this, not all the time, but your agent comes in, you hawk, you know, he hawks you around the clubs, they find a club, the club, you know, then them talk a little bit, then they end up talking to the club, which is like Brentford, then they do a little deal. So his, his agent's been going around, obviously Premier League clubs, first of all, it didn't come about, so the next minute he went to Borough, then he's gone to Fulham, and now he's come to Birmingham City, he's come a deal. Now, my question is that, because at the end of the day, 
the reality is Brentford he's got a year left on his contract didn't have to do a deal with Birmingham City they could have turned around and said sorry mate I know it's all over uh, okay so he would have got into the next period of the of his term and we would have wound his deal down um, and the six million whatever we got you know would probably go down to if we sold him in January maybe down to three or four or two or whatever it may be um, but do you think that Brentford were wrong to have sold him to Birmingham City who are one of our rival teams uh, well the, the question of the day to what, to what point does a player become more important than the money we're going to get for him um, are we going to keep players who are our best players to make a run for it or when a team comes in because we are Brentford we play nice football and we get nice players that do good things we go alright we'll sell you what, at what point does a player become you know more important to making us have a run for the the, the league or you know the playoffs or the, the title whatever you want to call it what point does that become more important than selling the player um, and yeah, I think we are a little bit uh, miffed by the fact we've sold him to, to Birmingham. Uh, but is that as fans? I mean, I'm just I've got, always trying to do this devil's advocate thing here, and I'm saying, and I'm, you know, I'm Birmingham City, I'm not my favourite team in the world. So I'm saying for him to go there, it's a little bit like, oh my God, you know what I'm saying? But putting the devil's advocate thing here and trying to do a cheering of a conversation here. Are we getting angry with the fans? Because if he had sold him to Barnsley, you know what I'm saying, or Preston North End, would we be as miffed as we are because they've, he's got a permanent? Uh, yeah, I think we would question the fact. We'd question whether why we sell him to a, a, to a team other than Birmingham. We're miffed because we sold him to. Let's be honest. If if we if we're going to have a run in this league, or we're going to end up mid table, or wherever we're going to end up, Birmingham going to be in and out thereabouts you know we'll see how the next couple of weeks go and see how the players go yes I think we are miffed as fans because we are selling to that club um, Dave said earlier he could have easily gone to a premiership team what, why does he need to go to Birmingham what, what is it at Birmingham that's so much better other than the money and, and that if we're going to make a run at it and they're going to make a run at it why can't he stay with us um I think I think we do need to move past the Birmingham thing. If I'm being really honest with you, because um, there's, 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 there's people listening to this that just don't know what the hell we're on about. You know, <laughs> Birmingham, Birmingham City was a rivalry that we had during you know about when Barry Fryer was manager and the Gold and Sullivan were the, the you know the chairman and the directors there, and Karen Brady was the um, whatever she was there. Um, the song, the song says whatever she was. The song doesn't. It was an old school song. It's an old school song. An old school attitude and an old school song. She was the managing director. I wasn't going to. I wasn't going to say it. But we need to move past that. They they are just another club now who are competing against us. Another championship club. So I think we probably should be miffed that it's a championship rival more than anything else because you know we we were at the cutting edge and now it seems that you know other clubs are benefiting from our research. I would I would argue that um, had um, we'd be sitting here right now and we'd have looked on Sky Sports News and BBC News and whatever whatever have you and it would have said that Hotter had signed for QPR or for Fulham. We would all be sitting here right now talking about how the, the fact that he had no respect for the club, nonetheless. Um, but the oh, fact that but, but I will, sorry, I will butt in and say, Yotta 
He doesn't even know where Birmingham is. You, 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 you listen to his... We said, we said, we said earlier. You, you, you listen to his kind of, like, you know, his Birmingham City video. Yeah. It, it was just trotting out, just, just, the, just the bare minimum. Mm. He, he has got a move. It's any move. And, exactly. and, and, and I, I thought he was better than that. Exactly. This is the point I was coming on to. Like, we watched his um, interview with Sky Sports. He couldn't even pronounce Birmingham properly. Birmingham. Birmingham, however he put it. But that's the point. Like, at the end of the day, um, he... Like, we said he could have gone to Barnsley he could have gone to Preston he could have gone to whatever, whatever club you want to call it uh, like at the end of the day he's gone um, my argument as, um, as an ever loving optimist and um, believer in fairies that Brentford will reach the playoffs and all that kind of thing it opens up a lot of um, opportunities for the club players that are already at the club so um, should I be miffed that Hot has gone to um, a club like Birmingham who in terms of stature over the past few seasons have been um, shall I say on a par with Brentford in terms of you know ambitions and in terms of finishes in terms of football um, no I shouldn't be shouldn't be too miffed um, the, what I'm miffed is that I feel he, first of all he could have gotten a premiership move and that disappoints me that he didn't get that because I think you know if we were going to sell him it would have been to a premiership club and that would have you know oh. but, but obviously the premiership clubs didn't come in and yeah. also the there other was, thing is that question marks over him. yeah and there's question marks over mm. him because he's a, he's a, a flair player who didn't yeah. make it at, um, at, at, at La Liga level mm. you know what I'm saying and it's taken a risk and if you look at these teams in the Premier League it's interesting they don't seem to actually take the same type of risks yeah. as even what we do at our level like I'm saying Brentford takes millions of risks and the teams around us take sort of sort of risks you know, some of them just like look at what other teams are doing and just buy players. But the Premier League, right? They just basically got so much money, they just go for boom. Right? He's going to cost thirty million. I'll go and buy him. It comes back to what, what I was saying before the podcast is that um, I think the transfer window has become divided into uh, teams that can spend money and the teams that need to spend money. Um, clubs like Manchester United and Manchester City, um, Liverpool, you know, what, what have you, they have a global outreach, they have an, an immense financial backing. They buy players for, you know, 75 million, 80 million, 40 million, whatever you call it. They buy it for they buy players for those fees because they can. Okay. There are clubs that need to com- that need to spend um, money because they need to be able to compete. You look at clubs like West Brom, you look at clubs like Stoke City, you look at clubs like Huddersfield, like Crystal Palace. They need to have to fork out that, those kind of transfer fees in order to be able to survive in that division. And then you've got players, or sorry, you've got clubs like like the Man- Manchester Cities and like the um, Manchester United who can fork out all the wages, who can pay players 300 grand a week and spend um, upwards of 100 million on transfer fees. And that's the way it's going to go. Brentford can't, don't, you know, they, they, they can't spend that money, but they need to spend money in order to survive. Okay, right. So I'm going to ask the question, right, because at the end of the day, this is really what the fans, or a couple of things that fans are really interested in. Hotter is gone. Will Brentford be weaker? Without him, yeah, we're, obviously we're going to be weak without him. It, it, it's, ab- it's absolutely, you know, you look at his goals, you look at his assists. You know, at, at his on his peak, um, you know, we are going to remember him at his best. It's, we're not going to remember him at his worst. So people, people are going to look at people are going to look at Yota going, thinking about him being really good. They're not going to. Very few people are going. Oh, he was, he was really average for us. He was he was mostly great for us. And there's a lot of players that will go as a lot of fans will go as far as to say he's the best Brentford player of all time. So you know we we've got a, a, a mediocre amount of money for a player of that stature. 
but could we have got any more for a player who's in the final year of his de- final year of his contract that doesn't ha- hasn't got an agent that wants him to re-sign? No. Mm-hmm. Um, if we if we can get eight million quid for a player that would have gone for nothing, probably in um, in May, um, assuming we're not going to make the playoffs now, then um, then I don't think it's an awful deal. Um, but it's, you know, it, it, he he could have been Brentford's first twenty million pound player though. Uh, yes, I think I think we will miss him. Um, I think we've got an unknown quantity in Marcondes who's not coming until January. I think Brentford have always been the club that will sign, sell a big player and sign another good one afterwards. Uh, and obviously we've got good history for that. So yes, I think we'll miss him. Yes, we'll miss his goal scoring. Yes, we'll miss his flair. Yes, we'll miss his excitement in the fans and on the terraces and at the ground. Um, but do I think that we... Do I... Am I worried of the fact that I don't think we'll find another player like Jota? No, I think we we will uncover another gem somewhere. Just very quickly, I think he'll miss Brentford too. Yeah, yeah. In, 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 in six yeah. months' time, his career could be finished. Uh, on on obvious history, playing well at Brentford, bad mess up, had to go home to Spain, didn't play away, didn't play well in Spain, came back to Brentford, played well. Now he's gone somewhere else. Is he going to play well there? It, well, does he play well? well this, is, but this is the question that I asked a bit earlier, and the other question I was just going to ask as well is: I mean, and you talk about this about and you talk about the fans. I mean, obviously the fans love him; they think he's brilliant. He brings a lot of joy to them. You know, it makes people feel warm. There's a lot of people, as I said, grown men crying because he's left Brentford, which is a big, big, big thing here. Now, the fact is, I'm going to ask this: that there's been a lot of sort of logical arguments here. Oh, this we're talking about, you know, money lost. We're talking about contracts run down. This and the other, but logical doesn't always come into it when you're talking about football. Okay, it doesn't really matter because at the end of the day, okay, we can argue it's not our money. So at the end of the day, if Hotter was going to stay for another season and we lost this money, it's not our money, and you know maybe that money could be made elsewhere. You know, you just take the logical out of it. Now, are fans wrong for feeling this way? Because at the end of the day, you can't. You know, it's like if you've got a girlfriend and the girlfriend breaks up, you feel a particular way, and you you can't help it. Are fans wrong in feeling this way? It happened today. Let's, um, and this is speaking on the 31st of August let's just put this in perspective um, I think the initial breakup as you sort of, sort of you, know, when a, you know when a guy breaks up with a girl kind of thing the initial breakup is always going to be tough especially when, especially when a player has had that kind of influence where he scored two last minute goals in the same season against um, a local rival and um, you know had that sort of you know shall we say aura about him where he, you know, he would walk onto the pitch, and immediately fans would be on their seat, on their feet, whether or not they were standing or sitting. Um, I think that the line that Dave said earlier about the fact that he will miss Brentford is very, very true. I think that our fans have shown uh, this past season and seasons before that that they are willing to get behind players, they are willing to support them as much as they possibly can. Um, and at the end of the day, I think. If you're going to sort of back a player to do well, and he does well for you, you shouldn't feel too bad about him leaving. And I think I think on days like today, you know, I think every fan is is is, is valid in thinking exactly how they feel. I think you know there's going to be a mixture of emotions. Some of it's you know I've said earlier, you put your philosophical hat on, and you kind of go, oh, well, you know, sometimes it's all it's all about working out our, our place in the pecking order. It's about bringing money in for us to survive. You know, it's, it's, it, that's right. It's also right to get really really effing angry about it, and and really and really kind of like going what. The the hell is going on 
So whatever you feel, it's absolutely, you know, you're not wrong to feel it, but I think, you know, you need to let the dust settle and then kind of see, see where we are tomorrow, Ed. And we've we, we, again, we, 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 me and Laney, we've been pretty much, we've been out all day as well. So we've actually, been, um, we've been, not so being quiet, but we're trying to sort of catch up on a lot of stuff. We're sitting down here sort of trying to catch up on a lot of stuff as well, because we know certain things, people have told us certain bits and pieces and our WhatsApp group has told us stuff that's going on, but we've been doing a lot of catching up as well. So that's why I think we've had to sit in the pub here for a couple of hours and, and down a couple of pints oh, because it's really, well, you know, yeah. really taking a lot, a lot of this stuff to, in. There's a lot, lot, to, lot take to take in. in a very short space of time. We've also got Edward the Headwood and he's actually been on the social media because he's been monitoring it all day while we haven't actually had time to do that. So what he's going to do is he's going to go over to the Headwood and he's going to uh, tell us what people have been saying on social media. Uh, just to kick off while we're on the uh, Jota point, uh, our, our next king followed after Jota Sergi Canos has come out and said all the best mi hermano King Jota I will miss you a lot full stop a lot full stop um, moving on to other people's feelings on the matter um, just pulling up my likes give me two seconds uh, people have been all over the place at the moment about what, what are we doing with our players what are we doing as a club what are we doing with giving it um, no. De Bastards feels breakup feels via B's transfers. Dean, we accept it, not in love anymore. Colin, sad and confused, thought we had something. Jota, we feel heartbroken. Um, Dean Wells says, having our pants pulled down by Birmingham ain't a good feeling. Hopefully, a few surprises coming in. Hashtag fingers crossed you reds. And a, a favourite of the podcast and someone I love listening to myself, Ali Mulali. Well, all I can say is it was great while it lasted at King Jota. Um, and a time from the BFCB's blog. Time for a sensible tweet. Good luck, King Jota. It's been an absolute pleasure watching you play. The best I've seen in my lifetime. Uh, Adam Devlin's come in with a Harry Redknapp uh, brackets, putting it in his accent. Yeah, we've uh, signed a boy, Jolter, for Brentford. <laughs> Terrific boy, forward lads, and a uh, boy's top draw. Um, and that's where Terrific we're at. Terrific Harry Redknapp impression there, I think. <laughs> that's where we're at at the moment for the tweets. Excellent. The headwood, yeah. So listen, right. We've talked about Hotter now. We've got lots more to talk about on transfer deadline day. We're going to actually just have a little break ourselves and get ourselves another pint because I think we need another pint because particularly we're not, we're not particularly Harry Laney. Just one tweet that really just stood out earlier is about, about Yotta. Yotta was good. Hmm. B ain't no Denny Mundy. <laughs> that, that is true, and I think Denny Mundy, if he heard that, he'll just nod his head and he say, "Yes, you are completely true on that one, Twizzle." But anyway, we're going to grab a pint. We're going to come back after this twang, and we're going to talk about Harley Dean. So coming back to that, we have a little discussion, a couple of beers, and we've been talking about another player we signed this window again to Birmingham City, Harley Dean. Now Harley Dean. He's old school Brentford. I mean, this is an irony that, but um, we're saying he is old school Brentford because this doesn't happen very much. Harley Dean signed for Brentford in 2011. Well, he was on loan then, but in effect, he was a Brentford player from 2011. So he's been with Brentford for six years. He's actually been through, we think it's three transfer negotiations now. This is the third one. So he's a proper, proper old school Brentford player. He came and he's grown with us through this whole era, through the whole Uwe Rosler era, and Uwe came in and started to tried to change the style of football that we're playing and Harley Dean was there 
and he came in and he learned a lot as well and he was part of our division one promotion winning team as well so that's a big part of of, of being Brentford's you know folklore as we say I mean we've we've gone up how many years and that, we've been twice up to this division in recent years as well and he's a big part of that team and um, he's pretty much the last player of that team we've got judge as well of course but judge is injured and then we've got you know you know maybe um, um, you know yeah, we got you know but really it's really judge and him but judge has been injured so he's really the last key player at the moment now who's playing for Brentford or was playing for Brentford who was part of that team so that's going to feel a lot for play, uh, for fans because fans that was a big day when we were all out on the pitch we really enjoyed it they were really happy the players went down the pub afterwards that was a big part of Brentford folklore so like I said Harley Dean um he's had his critics and we'll talk about that in a bit as well you know that um, he's played he's made his mistakes but he's also learned from his mistakes and he's grown with the club last season he had a, he had a fantastic season he had a great season and he, he was also made captain he became a dad as well and you know I think all these parts of these things have led to him being kind of where he was and he's got to a position where his contract was running out and he had a, a year to go on his contract um, from what we can understand there was negotiations happened but it you know at the same time as his agent does and all agents do he got a year to go they were looking around and he got himself a deal at Birmingham City now I mean some people and it's interesting if you look on Twitter and we'll go back to the Headwood in a minute as well they felt that the Dean leaving Brentford could be actually a more of a problematic scenario than Hotter leaving Brentford because of his leadership values because of him being around for a long time and his influence on the dressing room Laney yeah, he is a big departure. He's he's one of those. He's one of the few players that got anywhere near a testimonial. You know, he's like oh, over halfway through. Um, he scored. You know, he scored the goal that got us back in the game. But we thought possibly against Yeovil in the playoff game at, at, at Wembley. So he's been around since you know since Uwe Rosler. Uh, he he has been. I wouldn't say Mister Brentford, but he he's you know he epitomised. Um, a fighting spirit that you know we we clearly we're clearly nervous about losing. Personally, I think we come to the end of the road with Harley. Um, there was there was something wrong with our defence that none of us could put a finger on. None of us, including the DOFs, probably no one quite knows why our defence wasn't working out. Why we couldn't get clean sheets. You know, it might be the style of play, but it also might be the the, the personnel there. So. You know, we we always knew that if we were going to get a get a better defence, we were probably going to have to sell to, to to reinvest. And Harley, he he, he his previous two transfers transfer um, renegotiations had been similarly problematic. He he went to the last minute and and he and he pushed it and pushed it and pushed it. And both times we gave him the deal that he wanted or a deal that he was happy to sign. This time it seemed like the club. Weren't weren't in the mood to give him to, to go to do whatever it took to to keep him, um, and I think he was one of the ones. You know, we knew we knew Yotta. We knew Yotta was probably going to go. You know, we had a poll on Besotted before the season started, and you know, sixty-five percent of fans said he was going to go this transfer window. That sixty-five percent of fans have been proved correct. Harley Dean, we, it, it probably would have been a similar number. I think you know, again, it's just happening all, all on the all on the same day. So, you know, Harley Harley has earned a, a, a move. Um, he's he didn't want to sign for Brentford, 
um, under the terms that we offered, and um, he, he, he's got his move. I, you know, I, I do wish him well, but I, I honestly think we had come to the end of the end of the road with Harley. And I think every, every player has a life at a club, and I think his his had finished. But okay, when you talked about that, and I know that you think he's, he's, he's finished now. A lot of people said, you know, we should move Hell and High Water to to keep Harley Dean. You know, they said that he's the captain, he's the captain of the side, and also if our aspirations are top six, he should be part of that aspiration. He would want to go up with us. Yeah, Harley wasn't a Premiership defender. He, he isn't a Premier. He isn't a Premiership defender. He, he, but, but, but but we need to get there first. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I, I get that, but you know. Uh, still, do do we do we as a club do we break wage structures that keep us viable? You know, we we're not even we're not viable as it is. You know, do, we we're not we're not we're not a twenty thousand thirty thousand pound a week club. You know, and, and if he's gone and got that, you know, we we can't we cannot compete with that. Um, and Harley Dean isn't the player to break our wage structure for. Yotta, yeah, probably. Mm. He, he's the player that you, you, you bust your wage structure for. Okay, but even then. But, but, but I'm going to ask you, you say break, bust our wage I mean, Hotter is on 40 grand a week at Birmingham yeah, City. No, but we can't pay it. No, we can't pay that. And, you know, you, you, you see Phil Giles' his, his comment on the official website today is once a player outgrows the, the financial constraints of yeah. a football club, then you have to let them go with your blessing. And and that is our business model, and you know, you as a fan, you might think, "Oh, fucking hell, this is a single. You know, we don't want to go up Brentford. You're this, you're that. We, you know, if we we, we have to start keeping, and we do, but we the minute we start spending thirty, forty thousand pounds a week on a player, that means we don't meet meet FFP. That means that we are going to go bust at some stage, and, and that's a fact. The Robin Hood. I mean, this is all your thoughts. So you tell us about it. Um, as yeah, as the um, chief instigator of all this, I would say that um, if you can, if you're going to do a comparison between the transfers of Harley Dean and Hotter, um, as Dave Cotterly said, I think Hotter is, dare I say, it, more worthy of paying, should we say, over the odds for, um, in order to keep at the club. Um, I think that Harley Dean was a very influential player. Um, not just on the pitch but off it I think you know as a player that was not just pre-Dean Smith but pre-Warburton and you know had been there for a very long time and had um, you know grown with the club as it had gone up from League One to the Championship and dare I say I think Harley Dean adapted to the Championship very very well Um, he was a very good leader I think he was a good player and I don't I don't think he was a Premiership player but I think um I don't think we'd reach the end of the road with him, but if he didn't want to play for the club, I think it's better that he left. Um, and that, and that's my personal opinion. On it. I, I would argue against you there, Robs, and say that I probably do think we'd got to the end of the road with Harley Dean. Um, put it this way, we've just lost our last season's Player of the Year, um, and, and that, that says that speaks volumes. Another question asked is, do we think that Harley Dean is as good as? Alfie Mawson who we let go who is now a consistent premiership player um, it is my other question we've had Harley Dean for six years Harley Dean was such a Brentford legend on the terraces and things that he had his own song in the terms of God he's me and he's Harley Dean um, he scored at Wembley against Yeovil um, he, he was with us through the sick and through the thin but there's always been this hanging problem of him wanting more wages and, 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 and thinking that he's he, he will want more wages and as Dave said 
we are not that club with that wage structure. Well, well technically, I'm not, I'm not, again, I'm, I'm going to put the devils. I'm going to sit here with the devils head on. They're players. They're in the business. They've got a short career span. So if all of a sudden you're flavour of the month, or you're playing really well, or you're captain of the side, then technically, isn't it your job for you or your representative Absolutely. to go out there and try and get money? So the thing is, I'm not saying, but is is it wrong for them to actually be going for more? No. I mean, I'm just trying to work out with it. Not. Is the players? Is it the system? Is it us? Is it what is what is it's, what's going what's going on here? It's definitely not the player. Um, you know, I, that's their career. That's what they do. Um, I, I'll go back to earlier. I said if it was if it was out of football and someone offered you three or four times the wages, you'd go and do it. It's definitely not the player. Um, I think the the fault, not not. I say the fault. The fault is that we're not able to pay the wages, um, and therein lies the problem. Um, on today, it's um, a, a tweet that it, this may sound harsh, but this is this is kind of kind of where I'm at with Harley. It says Harley has always craved love that he never really got at Brentford. Hmm. Even his exit has been greatly over- overshadowed, which is sort of fitting. And I, I just think I just think that Har- hmm. Harley was great for us. But he was never ever the player that he was never he was never the he's not he wasn't the best defender that we can go and buy. Absolutely. So, so we've yeah. got we've got a chunk of money that we need to invest. Unfortunately, there's not enough there's not enough time this transfer window. Yeah, I tell you what. Um, can, can I just make a point as well? Um, so since the start of the season, obviously Harley Dean's been demoted had been demoted as captain of the um, starting eleven. Um, there were numerous occasions, and obviously, there's been, it's been a faltering start to the season. There have been some bad results, not necessarily bad performances, um, but individual mistakes at the back, not clinical enough up front, um, and some um, bad results that have come through. And automatically, whenever there's been this, that situation where I think, you know, I've been on the Ealing Road and then we've been maybe, you know, one nil down or two one down, or we've been two one up, and we just need that sort of geeing up, I've been looking straight at Harley. All season long, I've been looking straight at him when he's been on the pitch and going, right, what has he been looking for? Has he been, you know, you know, I've been looking at him going... As a leader. Yeah, as a leader to G the team up. And in the nicest possible way, and I don't mean this as any disrespect to Harley, he looked like he couldn't be bothered out there. Um, and then I would look to Nico Yanaris or John Egan with the captain's armband, and I wouldn't see a leader. So that's to me, shows a bit of disparity and a bit of sort of disruption in the dressing room in terms of you've got a player that's been at the club for six years that has um, devoted a lot of his own, you know, his, his efforts to bringing the club forward, not necessarily as captain all the time, but out on the pitch, when you're looking for the leader that's, that, you know, couldn't be bothered, and then you're looking at two, two other players that don't necessarily fit the mould of leader I think that's been a big contribution in terms of the bad starts of the season is that we've not had that solid that is our leader on the pitch and I think that's been a key factor in the poor starts of the season I mean I'm going to ask this question and this is the next question I was going to ask as well because we're going to talk about captain which is very important Harley Dean was the captain Um, and uh, uh, the question marks is you say to him you know what captain what qualities is he bringing as captain we don't know because we're not in the dressing room we're not Mm. in the on the training ground we don't know what qualities he brings to that as well so I understand and I respect your views and, and your vision that you've, you know, you've seen there for him you've thrown it into the pot which is quite interesting but Harley's gone now hmm. so technically we haven't got a captain so we need a new captain so I'm just wondering who who is going to take over the captain's armband or who should be and, and also at the moment now because we've had Nico as captain we've had Egan as captain you've put question marks on these two guys Is are these two guys fit for the role is it something they need to grow into or do we need to have somebody else 
in the pot. Exactly. Uh, you said that you, I literally couldn't agree more with what you said grow into. I am not convinced by Nico Yanaris as captain. He's a very good midfielder and um, he's obviously got a lot of experience. He's come from a um, top club in Arsenal. I think he's got potential. John Egan is a very good defender. I think he's got potential as a leader. But at this moment in time, I don't see them really geeing up the guys on the pitch to lead them to victory. If I was going to pick one leader out of the hat, you, to me, I'm, I'm, I'm old school, so you have to go defensive. Um, so it would have to be someone in defence but then again that's Egan I guess and I don't really see him as a captain so so you've got the same dilemma as Dean Smith has exactly exactly. I'm I'm, I'm not Dean Smith and boy do I not want to be Dean Smith especially on this day so So not only do you sell players and rob the the rich and the poor and all that stuff you actually don't even know you don't know your team you've got no idea what's going on do you I'm not building up a good reputation here but um, no no no, you should leave I should expect expect, um, my transfer request to be handed in the next transfer window that's right so you're you're P45 to the post 52 minutes to go of this transfer window apparently. and they're still showing tennis on the TV which yeah. we're not happy with before it goes shut I think captain's armbands as far as they go I give it straight to Ryan Woods I agree straight to Ryan Woods yeah. you, 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 you let him enjoy the rest of this transfer window stroke recuperation and you, you take him to one side and say are you up for this hmm. and you give him the armband and you say when you're ready to when you're ready you, you can come on and, and play from the start you're a starter now it may take him three or four more weeks there's no rush Ryan for mm. you to come back but when you do you are at the centre of this team because he is a player now that can dictate play you know we were, we were looking to Yota to, 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 to create stuff now now we maybe we need to look at Woodsy and it's interesting I mean they said transfer deadline day uh, Black Thursday as we call it we're very sad sitting down here and we were you know joking about the fact that, I mean, I think, I think in the pub quiz again, they, they said to us, you know, who have Brentford signed? We went out there, and that was the next question: who have Brentford signed this window? And and then there was just silence um, from all the people out there. But anyway, um, Ryan Woods. Also, there's a, a, a little rumor going around out there as well that Sheffield Wednesday have come in for Ryan Woods. This is probably by the time you listen to this, this will be talked about tomorrow. But the rumor is that Sheffield Wednesday had come in for Ryan Woods today, and that's been rejected, which is an interesting scenario as well because mm. there's a couple of rumors flying around before and as to whether Ryan Woods would go whether not you stay whether not you go but now it's interesting that Wednesday have come in they thought they felt you know, they felt that they needed him and, um, and 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 it's been rejected whether or not that's happened or not we don't know we're in the middle of a podcast with tennis showing not even Sky Sports news <laughs> which is quite disappointing but anyway we'll go on Harley Dean so I'm just saying to you um, so Harley Dean talked about the captain um, and also the dressing room um, these are questions that we can't ask because we're not there but um, Harley Dean's been there since 2011 obviously a well respected character I remember we, we, you know, sitting with him at the players' ball at the end of the year ball, um, and he's sitting down there. Characters all sitting around him, and he had that status of like, "I am top dog here. Right, I've nice. been around here for uh, for a long time." He's gone now. How will this affect the dressing room? As you say, it's difficult to know unless you're in there. I I, I would say um, it it won't have a huge impact. I I. I don't get I, from from what I from what I know of the character, um, he he was kind of kind of very self-centered. So 
Um, anyway, life goes on. You know, Brentford, Brentford are bigger than any one player, any two players, any three players. We've we've seen, and this is the thing that we have to keep reminding ourselves. And it might be more in hope than than anything else at this moment on a what's been a really shitty fucking you know transfer deadline day is that you have to place hope in the in in that we will we will replace and replenish, and you know. That's that's all we can do. You know, we're we seem a million miles away from a top six finish at the moment. We seem a million miles away from a top half of the championship finish at the moment. Um, for 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 fans of a certain age, which I place myself into, survival in this division is now the be all and end all. And that that's we're too we are still too good to go down. Um, Harley would have contributed clearly. He, he was a very good leader. He was inspirational, and he 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 was a on his on his day. He was a really good, like punchy, feisty player to have on your side. So you disagree with um, Robin to a certain extent about his his observations? Not necessarily disagree. I mean, these players at their best are how we remember you know the, the, at their best is why we don't want to lose them at their worst is kind of like okay let him go so so Harley this season I, I agree he, he, he's had his eyes he's had his focus elsewhere Yotta's had his focus elsewhere at his best you, you, if, if you could guarantee these players play at their very best week in week out you wouldn't sell Harley Harley hasn't been at his best he had a great season last year. Season before, he was okay. This season, he's been average. So, you know, you, you, you work out the mean of all of that, and he's an okay player. Going, going back to your point, Bill, about the impact of uh, Dean leaving the dressing room, uh, whether that's an, a, a negative or a positive, I would say that actually opens the door to a new leader or another leader or, or someone else <laughs> stepping up to take his place. Um, we have experience in players like Bieland. Uh We have other experience, uh, you know, big big players like goalkeepers, you know, who are naturally that kind of leader. I also kind of see, I know it's his first season, but, uh, you know, a strong, hard-tackling... Um, strong. Strong, hard-tackling <laughs> uh, leader, leader on the pitch um, who could actually turn out to be a class player, and I know he's taken a couple of beatings, is uh, Dalsgaard. Um, and he, he could turn out to be... You know that that leader on the field. We'll come to Dalsgaard in a minute because obviously we're going to be talking about Maxime Collin. Um, but yeah, interesting points there as well. And uh, you know, we talked about the, the leader and who's going to be the leader. I mean, this 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 captain question is always a big, big, big question. And I'm going to bring you in in a minute, Robin, as well. But I'm going to say to you as well because this is a very important point. Um, we've always <laughs> been a bit confused because the centre back partnership keeps changing all the time we, we we see a couple of people in then it changes then Dean's in then he's out then they're shaking it all about we've got no idea what's going on here now we've been forced into a situation where we have three centre-backs and obviously two of them are going to go in and uh, we've got right-footed um, centre-back and we've got left-footed centre-backs in there as well so it's kind of slightly obvious but I'm just wondering who do you think is going to be the centre-back pairing which is going to bring us forward because now at the end of the day we have to don't forget Harley Dean he was with us for a while you know and he made his mistakes and he went inside there and he was in the centre-back and he made his mistakes but he grew with that and he learnt from his mistakes to me we haven't given 
the pairing, whatever it may be, the chance. Every time we're chopping and changing, chopping and changing. But we're going to have to stick with the pairing now and just go with it. Who do you think that's going to be? It's got. It has to be Egan and Barbe. I agree. I agree. You know, I, I, I just think you know, I, as, as much as I, I am, I'm. I'm disappointed for Bieland, if I'm honest with you. You know, people are going to be really harsh on him and say he's, you know, he's too slow. Is this, is this, and that? I, I, I just hark back to, you know, did pitch we, yeah, Pitchgate. You know, he he busted his knee almost. It's, it's virtually the first proper kick he played for the club. A couple of friendlies, and it was the first competitive game against Oxford, and, and he and he did his, his did his ligaments in his knee, and you know. I don't think we we may never ever know what he was capable of. You know, he was he was Danish international, Danish captain. You know, we didn't we didn't sign we didn't sign a, a, like a lemon there. We, we we signed someone who was probably captain material. You know, I don't think I don't think we'll ever know what we we may have missed with him. But you've got to go with um, Egan, who again we've heard that Sheffield United came in for this window and we categorically said wasn't for sale so the club seemed to have absolute belief in him um, Bieland I'm sorry Abarbe I think he's he's really classy so you've got to look at them two and then but where's where's the back up for those two you know we, we've been chopping and changing so you know we need to settle down to a to a to a you know to a, yeah to a settled team now well I mean I think that the, the view is that Chris Meppham will be brought in from the from the B team so you know people are talking about B team we'll talk about a couple of B team players that are left in a minute but um, it's about giving B team players a chance we've got a couple of B team players gone out but that'll be quite interesting Meppham coming in and being sort of kind of fourth choice centre back as well um is the B team working again that's a conversation for another day but um, that's good for Mepham if that's the case um, the Hedwood uh, yeah back quick back to the centre back for me it's got to be Egan and uh, Barbe uh, feel free to scroll back through my Twitter I'm saying Barbe is a baller <laughs> finishing up on he um, him, didn't he? I love I love yeah. Barbe finishing up on local tweets as I'm on charge of uh, social media at the minute people's feelings on the Harley Dean uh, Jenko says I miss you official Harley Dean uh, Jamie Smith off our, our, our off season has been nothing short of horrendous Joss had gone to Brum for 6 million where we were Harley Dean signed next now for now too Chris Whittle get them boots cleaned Chris Meppham looking look like you're going to be the one filling the large hole left by Harley Dean Joshua Stedman the proper captain leader legend thanks for everything mate good luck in the future Angela Hagerman, uh, official Harley Dean and King Jotter. I'm so sorry you've both left the club. That will struggle again this season. You deserve better. Glenn Griffiths says, uh, can't underestimate the impact Lee Carsley has had on securing official Harley Dean. Lee got Brentford SV playing really well and Dean really shone. And following up, Mike uh, Mike. Havelock says the hopeful Brentford FC push for the big time will have had to wait a few more years gutted to lose King Jota and official Holly Dean 
full stop dream over question mark and it's interesting you talk about Lee Carsley as well and Lee Carsley has just now actually he's taken the England, he's on the England under 21 manager as well so he's a joint manager England under 21 which is respect to Lee Carsley who was our manager what's about a year ago um, and he decided yeah, that he didn't he didn't want to take over the after uh, we lost to Birmingham after we lost to Birmingham ironically <laughs> yeah and he didn't Brandon want to yeah, he said I'm not you know we've lost to Birmingham because I know we're going to sell all our players to them in a year's time so I'm not going to take this job anymore but he um, uh, to be fair he, did, he didn't want to take over the academy for various reasons known to himself he felt that he'd be able to do better elsewhere and he's now got England under 21 job so one thing uh, that you could turn around uh, it's, shared. it's a shared role shared role as well so to be fair to, I could say to Brentford they, they spotted them it's just again just the same old scenario we just can't keep them can we but anyway we shall move on uh, going back to the point about centre-backs um, Ed said to me I, well over a year ago we've got too many centre-backs and that was um, sort of in the transfer window where we had just signed Egan and we already had Bieland, Barbe and Dean on our books and O'Connell and O'Connell on our books and, and then O'Connell got sold to Sheffield United um, for me I'm a massive believer in playing the best players that are in form um, Barbe I, I don't think there's a better centre-back in the club um, over the past year than Barbe I think he has proven himself not to only, only to be good in the air but he's a good tackler he brings the ball out of defence he can pass the ball 50 Four. yards he can yeah, as um, Edward the Headwood 2016 and 2017 quote, official quotation there Jan Barbe is an absolute baller um, he he, I think he's a very very valuable asset to the club um, but for me you need a player alongside him he'll be gone in January he'll be gone in yeah. January <laughs> possibly, <laughs> possibly to Birmingham um, uh, I, 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 for Birmingham me food. FFP FFP um, um, for me it would be for me Barbe and, and Egan makes the most sense I think Andreas Bieland will step up to a role of um, dressing room leader I think that's the big that's not just you know Dean, Dean leaving the starting 11 is a big Gap. Dean leaving the club is a big gap. I think Egan and Barbe can fill his role at the back, and I think Bielan can fill his role in the dressing room. I'm sad to see Harley Dean go, um, but I'm not going to leave sleep over it. I'm going to move forward and think of the very, very good young centre backs that we've got and the experience of Bielan that we've got as well. And, you know, I don't really want to detract from Colin at all because, um, you know, from the moment I saw him, and I've said this before on this podcast several times, the moment I saw him come on against Burnley away at the beginning of a couple of seasons ago, I knew he was a quality player. Um, we, we've, we found him from pretty much nowhere and he came in and immediately he looked great. <sighs> We, he is an international. He's, he's an international quality player, and mm. he, we we've suffered because there was such a low um, clause on his on his contract. You know, three three, three, three million mm. pound for a championship player. Who's that? For Colin. Colin. Colin yeah, yeah, we're going to talk about Colin in a minute. Colin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, he's not he's not gone yet yet, but. You know, this, this, he probably will. So listen, yeah. So anyway, look, we're going to move on. We've talked about Harley Dean. We've talked about Hotter, and we have. Um, we need another drink because this is, uh, like I said, the Black Thursday today, and um, we need another few more beers. And uh, then we're going to talk about Maxime Collin, who's the third player, the trio, who's gone off to Birmingham City. Black Thursday. Beast fans here, very, very depressed. If you look online, people are absolutely livid. They're really, really, really unhappy. And listen, football is an emotional game here as well. Uh, I mean, you can argue the point to say that maybe 
You know, if we had signed the eight players that we had signed earlier on the season today, then people wouldn't have been so happy. But it doesn't really work like that. Or maybe if we had lost the players that we'd lost today two months ago, then it wouldn't have been the same. You know, like we lost a, a lot of players two years ago earlier in the window. But for them to all come in one big bang and then to be quite key players... It's it's quite bad news, and, and and like I said to you, we're we're reeling here at all, and and for us to do a podcast and actually try and sound relatively upbeat is is actually quite difficult. We we, we have to say um, it's not the end of the world because listen, we need to go on. We need to also trust the people out there that they're going to either bring people in or the people that they've got in are going to do the business. But maybe, like I said, the expectations have been probably a little bit too high this season. I mean, I for Brentford being fourth, I think it was this season. I thought, oh yes, we're going to beat everyone. We're going to be brilliant. We're going to do fantastic. And at the moment now, obviously, I have to re- I have to just rejig that one. Not saying I haven't got any faith, but obviously we have to see these players who've come in to actually fit into the side. You know, um, who have we got replacing players? Or we not got players replacing players? A player going to come in going to be all right? You know, Egan and Barber if they come in, are they going to solidify a defensive um, situation? We, we don't know these things. But the third player who we say potentially now because at the moment now the transfer window hasn't shut dead yet so it hasn't been completely confirmed but we've heard that Maxim Barbe was going up Call to Birmingham Maxim sorry Maxim Barbe <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying I was just trying to pretend that he just didn't exist you know what I'm saying he's still with us Maxine Collin is going up to Birmingham City for a medical this medical seems to have taken a hell of a lot of time but maybe the reason why is that Birmingham have come at the last minute maybe maybe what's happened is that Harry's gone to Harley goes Harley who else should I, uh, should I take from Brentford mate you know what I mean who else oh you can get Collins brilliant you know and Houghton you know a few other people as well so he's gone up there and he's put this last minute deal so Colin who was apparently playing with his kids in the playground earlier I think it was today or maybe even yesterday has now been told to drive up to Birmingham City so everything is all a little bit late in the day so it may or may not happen it May fall down at the last minute, but at the moment now this is this is a prospect. Maxine Collin. Um, people didn't know who he was. What a year, year and a half ago, two years ago. Um, they're like, who, who the hell is he? But he has turned out to be quite a classy right back for us. And also, if you've ever met him, he is the nicest, absolutely nicest, most gentlemanly manners person that you would ever meet as well, Laney. Yeah, as I as I said um, before before the last twang, you know. From the moment we saw him come on against um, Burnley in the in the in the you know beginning of last season, Marriott's experiment. Yeah, the Marriott, he, He's he he looks a quality player. Um, I, I th- you know he's international quality player. For, for him to go for you know a couple of million, three million is is a, is a steal of the century. But there there's a there's a buyout clause, and. Um, we are at the mercy of that, so you know he's worth a lot more. And you know, if he if he were to go, you know we've been we've done we've been done over there. And, and this is the gutter as well. I mean, apparently, like I said to you, he's got a, he's got a buyout clause in his contract. Whether or not it's still valid or not, that is a question mark on that. We don't know the ins and outs. Contracts don't fly around. But we were just looking on transfer market on the website here as well, and his contract is actually expired in 2019. So, if that buyout clause wasn't valid, and we don't know whether or not it is or not. We technically didn't need to sell him. So is this one of the scenarios that if we didn't need to sell him and he didn't have a buyout clause, which he used to, he did have, but we don't know if it's still valid or not, is it one of those ones where pressure player is like the the player does, just doesn't want to play with the side anymore and uh, you've been getting a lot of pressure and then at the end of the day you have to sell him? We don't know this at all, but the fact is that, um, as you said, Phil Giles' quote he said earlier today is that if like somebody wants to go and somebody comes in with loads more money, there's not you can do about it. And one thing I do know about 
about Maxim Collin. Um, this is talking to people. We know we don't know one. We know lots of people, lots of sources all around there who have been telling us stuff. And he's one of the players that people have been inquiring and just been asking around continuously over the last year they've been asking about him what is it about so there's always been interest about him whereas like people like Harley and everything like that last minute of the window people are coming on him even hotter last minute of the window but Colin is one of these people that I think the club have always known that he might leave because there's always been people sort of kind of inquiring and asking about him and you know it's just one of them things I think I think of, of all the players that have gone out this window Brentford as a club or as a, as a setup would be most gutted about Maxim Colin I think I think they will probably think that they didn't get that one bolted down he's gone he's not gone on our valuation I think I think Harley and Yotta probably have gone at our valuation based on how long was left on their contracts Maxime hasn't it's someone's got a bargain at our expense there I completely agree that um, Maxim Collin I remember watching a game I think it was last season against Wolves Wolves Wolverhampton Wanderers where it was the most dire 40 minutes of the season of the home season and Maxim Collin took the ball from right back ran literally across the pitch played a little one-two cut inside and put the ball in the bottom of the, in, in, in the bottom corner um, he is a class act he is a solid unflappable right back um, who can play at left back and who's played right wing back for us this season when, and last season when, when we've experimented with three at the back um, I'm a very big fan of his um, I also like the fact that he has um, covered at left back as well and he's not looked dare I say it out of place there obviously you know the, the lack of a left foot is evident with any right back that covers at left back but he's looked entirely comfortable doing that um, I do think that he will be sorely missed if uh, you know we're, we're sitting here um, and he's not officially gone yet but if he does go I think he'll be sorely missed 23 minutes to go 23 minutes left Dave Lane is on the clock and um, yeah 23 minutes to go I am very very optimistic about a side where Maxine Collins stays because I think he's got a very very good influence in the locker room as well in the dressing room and I think he's just I think he's just a, a class act a class professional and yeah I'd be happy to see him stay uh, th- throwing my tuppence in uh, very short and sharp I think Maxim Collin since we signed him and everyone was going Who- who's Maxim Collin to the player he is now uh, from what we know from play- from people that are associated with the club people like Ted Nutson saying things on-, on Twitter about their valuations of Maxim Collin uh, his performances on the pitch prove that he will be a player that is missed um, and if he does go then that will be a sad day and it's a sad day and the thing is again Maxine Collin we've had some scenarios with, with Maxine as well because he's been in he's been out and he's been one of the trio of players that we've had at Brentford this season who have had speculation about it and listen and the thing about it is this hasn't come as a surprise as we said to us all this window we've it's been we, I mean we've been you know putting up videos about Maxim Collins' house being sold and all this kind of stuff. Mm. So it shouldn't really come as a surprise. But when it does hit you, it still hurts really badly. So Maxim Collins, he's, he's, he, he, he's gone now and you sort of think, OK, so technically the club have known this is coming. I mean, if we've been standing outside his house filming his for sale sign and his sold sign, the club would have done the same thing. Who have they got lined up next as right back? What is the scenario there as right back? And also, what is the left back scenario? Because he's been playing left back at time, out of position. I mean, you know, what's been going on there? Exactly. Well, I was about to make the point of sort of like, you know, Maxime Collin has, you know, with Rico being injured this past few weeks, Maxime Collin's been covering it right, uh, left back occasionally um, in the league when Ilias has been 
um, drafted as, as left back from the B team. Um, that I think is the true value that Maxime Collin represents is the fact that um, you know we we had Rico Henry as left back. We loaned Tom Field to Bradford. Um, we brought in a Danish left back to um, to the B team. Um, and apparently we still don't have any cover in that position. So Maxime has been able to simply slot over from right back to left back, dare I say it seamlessly. Um, and I think that's a value that really does um, you know, manifest itself in the whole, OK, if he goes, who do we replace him with? And also, who do we cover at left back? And, oh, is Dalsgaard ready to cover at right back? Maxime Conlon leaving opens up a whole host of problems that, dare I say it, Brentford Football Club were not ready to, you know, were not ready for. Um, but, but why aren't they ready for it? Because I mean, not be funny. We've been outside his house, and they're like, yeah. he's going. Yeah. So, so, so why aren't we ready? But, but well, why are we ready is a, is, an, is a question for the board director, for the board of directors, and for the scouts, and for the people in the dealings with in, in dealings with transfers. My question is. Why would we sell Maxim Collin? As you rightly said, he's contracted. Is our team set up for it? Especially considering he's contracted until 2019. We don't need to sell him. Well, well no, but we, we're talking about the fact that he had to. From what we know, he had a clause in his contract. From what, from what we know, right? So it's just like Odebarger had a clause yeah. in his contract, and if somebody came and said, told, "We'll pay yeah. that clause," now whether or not this is the case or not. Mm. You know, the clause might have expired or yeah. whatever like that, but initially he had a clause in his contract. So, but you, you mentioned the word Odebajo. Um, when I remember when Moses Odebajo left for Hull and everyone was going, oh my God, how are we going to replace him? Mac, this random bloke uh, called Maxine Collin came in and everyone was going, right, how are we going to replace... Still was going, how are we going to replace Odebajo right back? Dare I say it, I've completely forgotten that Moses <coughs> Odebajo played for Brentford Football Club. Yeah, um, I, I've completely forgotten. Yeah, okay. Would you rather Odebajo or Maxim Collin? Well, you know, again, but you, you, know, you, you go with, you know, Maxim has been absolutely brilliant for us and he's been fantastic. So, but like I said to you, is the question I'm going to say to you is that, so what next? Right back. What next? I mean, obviously we've got Josh Clark, who, you know, we would say we've got Josh Clark, who plays in that position, but he plays right back and he also plays uh, further upfield. We've got Dalsgaard, who plays at right back, but he also can play further upfield. As you see, Dalsgaard, he loves to get upfield and he loves a cross, <laughs> you know. Or are we going to be getting another player in, which we can't answer at the moment now because there's 26 minutes to go and maybe we will or maybe not. I think, I think we've got to assume that we're not. No, um, oh, well, hold on a second here. I mean, there's the word on the, not saying the street and you say it's on Twitter and it's all over the place that there's a potential that we might be getting this character Philip Novak from, from Michelin which is an interesting move now because if he does come in and you'll know it by the time you listen to this podcast but this is what we've heard it may happen it may not happen Philip Novak he actually plays for Michelin and he is a um, uh, I think he's a right back he's a Czech right back who actually scored the most goals in one season for a defender with 11 goals in one season for Michelin which is how we love some of that and uh, Apparently he's a, I think he's a right back that can play on the left, so he plays on both sides as well. Again, this is what we heard. So maybe we're actually using the Michelin thing for once because Brentford always said we're never going to use the Michelin thing. We're just going to keep the two separate. But maybe it's come to a stage where actually with the, 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 well, this player is probably not playing for Michelin, and but he's going to be a useful player for us. Do it, you know, just do it yeah. because you know we, we we really don't want to leave ourselves open to to being susceptible to. To injury crisis later on down the line, you know, you know, let's 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 be brutally, let's be actually be miserable. Maybe we are in a relegation dogfight now, and we are in one until we prove otherwise. No, but we are in one until we prove otherwise. Yeah. And so, yeah. so, so let's equip ourselves. 
and, that, and that's getting cover. You know, I, I, I still look at the way we play football, and I still look at the um, the the, uh, the the adventurous way we play, and, and I, th- I still think we'll, we'll we'll be all right, way all right. But you know, we we don't want to we don't want to be like we don't want to be neglectful in in certain key areas, and yeah, you know, right back and left back, we, we've we've rented out or leased out players where we actually might need them now. But you see, you see, you, you use the words relegation dogfight that there. Um, I wouldn't use the words relegation dogfight. I'd say we are relegation candidates until we prove otherwise. A relegation dogfight to me signifies that we are stuck there and we are at best going to finish just above the, the zone. Um, I think that you know it's with with what is it four or five games into the season, um, we've got plenty of time to gel the team together. Um, I do think that we need to do it sooner rather than later in order to avoid a relegation dogfight. But what, but what I do feel is, you know, the the emphasis of the season has changed somewhat. Yeah. Where where we were going, this is a really false position because look at the squad we've got, and now we're thinking, oh great, we haven't actually got that squad anymore, mm. and we're still where we are. So you know, I, you know, once again, I put my hand on my heart and I put. Everything I believe this completely and utterly. We are way too good to be going down and to be where we are. Yeah, However, right. we are where we are now without three or four key of, players, of, yeah. of those key players. And, I, and I'm not going to knock the fans who are, who are jumping up and down right now. I, I completely and utterly get it. What I will knock is um, what I will knock is the uh, the fans that immediately jump on the Smith out bandwagon. That's what I will knock. I will also knock on the um, uh, fans that I've seen on social media um, who are, you know, threatening returning their season ticket, season ticket, ticket tickets. Yeah, um, there have been many London prize drunk here um, in wake of the recent transfer activity. Um, it's the season ticket. Oh, I demand a refund. That kind of thing. Um, I will. I will not. Uh, hold a grudge against fans that are being negative because at the end of the day that's their right okay I'm going to to be devil's advocate here if if fans are really upset and maybe they think that they thought that they're going to get X, Y and Z and and they're going to be be a particular type of team this season and they feel that that's not happened are they not in their right to to ask for a season ticket refund? Uh, They're they're in the right but who would do that after a month of football? No no I'm just That's my my, my argument I think um, fans are well within their rights to voice the fact that There was an answer to that Mark, Mark Devlin on Twitter said yesterday that any fan that wants a refund is able to do it it's pro rata of of the games have been played less I think it's a £10 admin fee and I know crack on it's up to you it's up to to you you know it's up to you what what you want to do so there's your answer Mm. covering a couple of quick corners from what was just said Um, I I think the Dean Smith bandwagon has has now fully and truly left. I think everyone's kind of behind Dean now. I, I think are, the yeah. the channels of aggression are now direct. I, I don't think everyone's necessarily behind him. I think there's still a lot of people that are just sitting and wa- watching and waiting. I think the majority of people are now, you know, on the Dean Smith bandwagon. I think the, today's anger is now channeled at the DORs, the DOFs, and the you know the everyone in charge of. Picking football at the minute. Um, I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure about that. Guys, I, I've seen a lot of anger on Twitter today for Rasmus Ankerson, uh, Phil Charles as well. What, uh, what, what for selling the players? Yeah, absolutely. You know, <laughs> what, why are we why are we selling these players and why have we not you know brought anyone back in? Uh, that that's not my view. That's what I've just seen today. I, and I'm not having a go, but I'm just saying because that's that's quite interesting and that that's venting of the anger and the, the manager and, and the fact is that the two are separate. And listen, listen. 
people people are rightful to feel whichever way they are um Again, we can have a we can have a massive debate here, mm. and we could put on. We talked about it already. You know what I'm saying about these guys. At the end of the day, I wanted to keep Jota. I wanted to keep Colin. I wanted to keep Dean. Right. The question you're going to ask is, out. Listen, I work in the music industry, right? And we sign players, artists, to five year contracts, right? And they have to stick by those five year contracts. But if they, if that artist decides he doesn't want to be with you anymore, hmm. tell you something, there ain't nothing you can do about it. So what you end up having to do, you have to do a deal with that artist when he wants to go off somewhere else that you can get a deal. Whether or not you get your full money, you've, or you do a deal between yourself, or you can extend the contract so you can get more money. That's what you end up it's doing. Knock on they see from Premiership. Saying so, this is kind of the scenario, and I see in football as much as I hate it, you know what I'm saying. But if somebody goes up there and the player goes, Listen, listen, you're offering me five grand a week, and I'm gonna, I've just been offered 50, I want to go. We well, you say, oh, listen, now you need to stay here, and then the geezer plays like Hotter's played for the last month, which is a complete and utter waste of Ooh. time for Brentford. I'm just saying, you know. But look, 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 look what's been going on there. His heart's not been in it at all. It's really, really frustrating. You could say, okay, Dean's heart's not been in it. You know, yeah. Dean's heart's Colin's not played very much. You know what I'm saying? So hmm. it's a really difficult scenario. And this is why we keep talking about this transfer window, where if the transfer window came before now yeah. and before the season, we wouldn't have seen none of that because they would have had to make up a decision there and then exactly. and Harry Redknapp wouldn't have seen them for a month and they go I'm going to buy them now and it misses our season up where we've only got one point or two points I don't even know how many points we got but we ain't got many points you know what I'm saying out of like a million you know we wouldn't have that now right but this it is what it is right and we've had to deal with it we've got to get on with you know it. we just need to get on with it and it is really really frustrating and these players haven't really put into it but at the end of the day they've had flipping 40 grand in can, their heads I, as, as it stands Right at this moment, we've lost two players in Dean and Jota. Plus, Pro- probably Colin. Plus, uh, probably Colin. Plus uh, one or two from uh, French, uh, players. Fr- French players from Manny Onorezi and Jan Holduck. They've gone for the B team. The players we brought in this season, we you know a couple of months ago when we signed these players, it was all you know happy days, rose tinted gardens and glasses. We're, we're all up for it. We've lost two players. Let's not you know stick ourselves in three players. Three players, and let's not sticking ourselves in a coffin yet. We're 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 in it, you know. We, we're still well in to have a go at this season. We've lost Yotta and Dean, who we know we and Colin. Is he signed now? Is it gone? No, it doesn't matter. Well, listen, by the time this comes out, he's going to be gone. Okay, well, th- th- the three of them are gone. Fine, we've lost Colin, Jotter and Dean, who we pretty much knew were going anyway. So let's not put our nails in the coffins yet. We're still oh, so, oh, so, oh, let's come back to this. And we talked this a bit before when we talked about extra players. So te- technically, if we knew these players were going. Should repl- I mean we've, we've bought in players already? We've bought in eight players. Should we not be signing replacements, or have these replacements already been pre-signed? I'm going to ask you your opinion have. on that. I think they have. Um, so hotter. So where's his re- replacement? His hotter is in Marcondes. That is, you know, we probably should have brought in before eleven o'clock tonight, but it's not coming till January. Uh, Dalsgaard was was coming. If we knew Colin was leaving, we knew we were bringing in Dalsgaard. Um, in, in midfield, we've, uh, I've said Mokondes, in, in, in Dean, we've got players already. There's a, there's a lot of players with question marks on, on Dalsgaard. Maybe it's early days, I don't know. But Pers- Personally, I rate Dalsgaard, so I'm, I'm not in that camp. I'm, I, I back Dalsgaard for the minute. It's a, it's a, there's a few people on Twitter today making out that Dalsgaard's some sort of donkey, and he, he, he isn't. You know, he, he isn't that. You've got to ask how he's been asked to play. He's been asked to bomb down the wing, and that's exactly what he's, and he's doing. He's been asked to win headers as well. He's won yeah. them every single time. And yeah. he, he gets crosses in. So, you know, 
can he be a defender if you, if, if if called upon? Probably, <laughs> probably. It may, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how he gelled with Yotta on that side. Yotta drifted around exactly how he wanted to. You know, Yotta was given that utter freedom to do what he wanted on the pitch. He was like, like exactly as Alan Judge was given. So I, you know. I, I, I think Dalsgaard, give, give, give the guy a break. To be honest with you, he, absolutely. He, he's absolutely he's absolutely got huge potential. Absolutely, you can We cannot blame our current couple of brain farts in defence that we've had so far on Henrik Dalsgaard. Henrik Dalsgaard's had four or five games, whatever. He is turning out, you know, bombing forward, great player. You cannot blame the defensive farts on him. Um, I'm just going to sort of um, take the optimistic approach here and mention three names that have not been mentioned dare I say since we started recording this podcast number one is Josh Clark Josh Clark has proved that he is capable of playing at right back let alone playing on right wing where he has scored early this season against QPR the second name I'm going to mention is Cameron Mococcio who has come on to um, this um, and we um Come onto this, uh, come to this team in this season, and has suddenly become a, um, you know, a very important player for the club. Also, we were talking about Hotter earlier. We were talking about goals. We were talking about all that kind of thing. We haven't mentioned Sergi Canos once in this entire podcast. I simply decree that Hotter leaving opens up the door for Sergi Canos. I think that Colin leaving potentially as of this time in this podcast it's not, it's not potentially he's just uh, signed actually and we've uh, actually no, got I've Sky just, Sports oh, has just come on now and he's actually physically and he's yes, signed mm-hmm. for, for for Birmingham City which we knew that was going to happen yeah. Um, so yeah so, so that signing obviously um, I think that opens up the door for players like Dalsgaard players like Josh Clark to, to you know to get better and Dean leaving I think in, opens the door for um Players like Barbe and Bieland and Egan, and with six minutes to go in this transfer deadline, deadline day, I'm sitting there thinking we're not going to sign anyone. Let's focus on the players we've got and how they can improve the club. Okay, so just see how they can improve the club. And we'll just to say as well, we wish we had Sky Sports News come on before because we would have interjected now. I'll just listen to the Bruzon, Nick Bruzon, who has uh, probably listened to, he listened to this podcast uh, as well. And he's actually out in Belgium at the moment now. He went out to go and see Gibraltar uh, play and uh, he didn't have a very good day because he was supporting Gibraltar and they battered 9 0. A little bit of light relief there anyway. But listen, we've talked about our three players that have been uh, transferred. We've got another two players, like you said to you, Manny Onoresi and Jan Holdek Jan Holdek went out to Germany for a bit he obviously went down the pecking order in the B team and Manny Onoresi we bought him from West Ham I can't remember what the, what the fee was from West Ham that we bought him in for only about a year a year and a bit ago probably about I don't know, 50 or 70 or maybe 100,000 and uh, he's been signed to Rotherham I, I guess that they've bought more money from that so it's an interesting situation there maybe with this B team scenario the players that are going to come into the to the A team we put them in there but the other players we actually make a bit of money on um, fingers crossed which will go back into the pot anyway after this we're going to make a few more points about transfer deadline day and then we're going to wrap it up 
<laughs> we're feeling a lot better about this. this is the best transfer deadline day ever now. You know what I'm saying? This is brilliant, you know. We're on a seventh point. <laughs> and it's just uh, brilliant. And uh, we're sitting here watching Sky. They brought Sky Sports on. The tennis went to about 45 sets as well. So the Sky Sports has come on just in time for transfer deadline day to have struck down. And we've seen everything that's gone on, and it's good enough as well. But we're going to ask a few questions. Just coming back to Brentford, I'm going to ask a question. And this is something that we said a little bit earlier on the question that I asked at the beginning of the season I said Brentford need to get to a good start because we needed that good start to get our players to get these players confident that we were going to actually do something this season we ended up bottom of the league and now we're I think second from bottom of the league with two points if Brentford were top six now do you think one or any of these players would have gone yeah, yeah but we're not so you know, I, I, no, no. But I'll go ask a question. I'm not. It's not about we're not. I'm asking the question: Is that if we had a better start this season, would those players have thought hmm, maybe I might stick with it? No, I, I think they all would have gone. They, they've they've gone for thirty and forty thousand pounds a week. They they would, all would have gone. Um, that's, that's, I think that's a fact, Bill. You asked the question. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think they would have gone as well. Uh, I think we we all knew that the. Uh, wages they would have got at other clubs will outweigh what the wages they were getting at Griffin Park and yes I think they would have gone every burn in my body wants to say no they're Lords Brentford but at the end of the day I think money talks and I think um, in this case money swears and money is sweared very la- sworn very loudly and I think regardless of where we are in the table Hossa would have gone I think Colin would have gone with a push and I think Holly Dean would have gone Without much of a push, actually, I think it's the state of state of the game. If I'm honest with you, you know, I, I don't, I don't think the the players, the players may pretend that they care. I don't think any of them give a monkeys, and um, you know, it's it's only us as fans that think that you know think anything otherwise. You know, I, it, there's there's people today that I've spoken to have said, you know, you know, this isn't a Brentford problem, this is a football problem you know, we we need to buck the trend, this is the way we survive, we need to find players that are worth way more than they actually cost us, we need to develop them and nurture them and give them give them a, an avenue but some at some stage we need, we need to start keeping them because we how often can we go through this with we, we can't hemorrhage players Constantly, without it, 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 it is gonna, it is gonna, it's gonna snip our blooming, you know, our, our enthusiasm. Uh, the, the Kevin O'Connors of uh, our, our Brentford days are done. Um, I don't think we, we're not going to get one club men like that anymore. Um, and Dave is right to highlight the fact is this isn't a Brentford problem. This isn't the problem. The problem is we will not survive in in trying to get our goal for the Premiership without having the wages to keep the the brilliant players that we own. And again, and this comes on to my next question as well, because um, well, I've got a couple of questions coming here as well. First of all, this season our aim, Brentford's aim, even though if it was kept a little bit under wraps, but the reality is that Brentford's aim was a top six finishing position. Now, there's a lot of kind of hysteria now because we've sold three key players, but at the end of the day, I keep coming back to the fact that the, the, the DOFs, everyone, have known that these players might go. So they've brought in players 
up front because of this and you know they might you know like say for example Ollie Watkins might play out the wing he might be the new hotter different type of player but he's, he's a wing he, he seems to like it out the wing you know Mark Hondes might come in and he might be the number 10 we've got no idea they know what's going on so maybe they pre-planned for this so I'm just wondering does this what's happened today affect this top six potential scenario that they're looking at Brentford forget about us but Brentford Oh God, yeah. We, we, you know, as things stand, we're a million miles away from the top six. There's there's so many teams in this division now that have gone out and spent pretty big and and, and spent pretty shrewdly. You know, we, we've had three really quality players cherry picked from us today from Birmingham City. Plus, they've got a couple of from somewhere else. You know, you you need to put them in the top six. You you have to put Wolves in the top six. You can have to you can have to put. You know, there are so there's so many more obvious top six finishers than us, and we are on two points. So we 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 are in rebuilding mode now. Um, that's it. Uh, I'll, I'll argue against. I I, I think that our ambitions uh, we, you know we wouldn't have sold these players we, we knew we were going to sell these players and I think we will still finish higher up the league than we stand at the moment a lot higher up the league than we stand at the moment we've still got a lot of football to play a lot of football to play oh, no, so. don't get me wrong we're not going down you know we're, we're not going down but we're a long way from top six and yeah, so yeah, we're second from bottom, but we we still have a lot of football to play, and I think we knew these players were going, and I I still hold faith that uh, we we definitely have a big enough and strong enough squad to compete in this league. And as the architects of this entire downfall on this transfer deadline day, um, I'm going to say that we have a squad capable of finishing very comfortably in mid-table. That's a realistic ambition. I know those two words don't really comprehend each other. Um, but I think with um, the loss of Hotter, we're going to lose goals and assists and a talisman. With the loss of Harley Dean, we're losing a leader. With the loss of Maxine Cullen, we're losing a very in, almost invaluable squad player. I think we've got the players that can fill in for that. Um, I'm just hoping that Dean Smith and the boys can step up to the plate and I'm Dare I say, I'm sure that the players will do well. I mean, let's talk about, I mean, and also, I'm just coming back to we've talked about social media and other characters as well. I mean, um, some of our characters as well. I know the Dutchman, he's come back and he's just said um, he's been out, but he's just come back in and says, I'm very, very unhappy with these news. This is an absolute kick in the bollocks. This was meant to be our year to kick on. Colin was really one too far and also the other thing is that a lot of people said is that you know £40,000 a week for Hotter is completely ridiculous in our league it's like yeah I mean we talked about Sheffield Wednesday are playing players a lot of money um, but now the fact is that a lot of our players are going from what they're on to £40,000 a week can we really compete about against this Laney you were going to say something yeah no it's exactly right we can't compete £40,000 a week for a player we can't okay well just coming back to so another question I was going to ask because listen I mean, interesting, like all the players, other than Maxim Collin, which we need to put a question mark about that, but, um, but all the players that have moved on, they're on a short-term contract. In effect, they're on a one-year contract or less, and they, they've moved on. All the players that are on longer-term contracts, we've locked them down. You know, Ryan Woods, you know, everybody else are on three, four, five-year contracts. 
they're still here. So we managed to control that. Whereas two years ago, you know, uh, Andre Gray was two year, one year contract. Boom, there we go. And all these players are out because we only had them on short contracts. So we've managed to kind of hold on to that. However, we've got to the scenario where we've got these players who are good players and they're coming to the end of their contract and we cannot renew it. And I remember, I think it was two years ago, we said to Phil Giles, I asked Phil Giles personally myself at the fans forum, I said, do you think we're in a scenario where we, as Brentford, go out to these other teams and we are unable to compete because to be quite honest with you we haven't got the financial clout that they have if somebody else comes in they will just come in and they'll usurp us and he said I don't think it's going to be a problem but I'm just going to say this this is two years this is two years later two years later now and we can see the fact is that players are coming down the one year contract and they're not renewing because we can't afford to pay 40 grand a week we just can't so are we resigned to the fact that we just have to lose these players because it is really really frustrating for fans and what I'll also say is is that have a look at Huddersfield last season Huddersfield were quite a similar side to us they had a bit of a benefactor who put money in they went out there they got a sort of left field manager and they threw a load of money in there they got a load of players in last season but what's happened is that they smacked it down in their first season they they, they were they smacked us up on the first day of the season and they carried on all season they did really well they got it right from day one and they delivered from day one and they went up now the fact is and I'm going to say this for a fact if Huddersfield didn't go up their team would be dismantled now and and they would probably be just a couple of places above us in that division. But they didn't because they got it right from day one. And it seems for us, teams like Brentford, teams like Brentford, need to, in our scenario, we have to get it right. In one season, when everything's together, with Harter and everyone like that, we need to get it right then. Because if we don't, play people like Harry Redknapp are going to come in and go, 40 grand a week, 30 grand a week, and they're going to take get rid of our players and it's all over so it's really frustrating so the fact is that it's almost like we talked about at the beginning of the season oh our season's not right oh we need a bit of time to get it together we ain't got time to get it together because if we don't get it together it ain't going to happen for us is it? Uh, no, if 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 we do keep selling these players that that, that is the be all and end all and uh, that's the thing that I'm most pissed off about um, is we are not going to make our way up this league unless we keep hold of these players we have come up against a brick wall today. Um, I, we, you have to question whether Dean Smith is happy about this, whether Dean Smith is is um, capable of, of of motivating what's left. We, you know, the next the next three or four weeks is absolutely pivotal in Brentford's season and the Brentford's the next couple of years because we have to we have to he has to find a response to to a having a poor start to the season and then b having some very very influential players just not there now so you know Dean Smith has been put under a lot of pressure today and, and also Dean Smith is an Aston Villa fan and he'd be absolutely gutted that three of his best players have been sold to Birmingham City um, Aston Villa's our next, next opponent Indeed, indeed as well. And also news coming in as well. Uh, we talked about Hotter, six million. Um, news from another source as well was saying that Hotter actually may have been seven million, which kind of makes a little bit of sense because Fulham were absolutely screwing the fact that they put in six and a half million or they said that they were touting six and a half million around and so were Borough touting six and a half million around and the fact that Brentford actually accepted less money, which is six million from Birmingham City. But it looks like, you know, if they've the Birmingham put in seven million for Hotter, that actually makes a little bit more sense now because Brentford may have 
have just gone, listen, Berman, if you want to actually get him and don't give him to Fulham, give us £7 million. Uh, right, going to my final Head Langdon, um, Edward the Head with Twitter update Social of the night. Uh, following on from what Dave said about how Dean Smith must be feeling, Noah, uh, Noah BFC, never thought I'd legitimately feel sorry for Dean Smith. He must be effing seething. Paula Lewis, players come and go, that's football. Jordan Aguera, now comes your chance to sign uh, to shine Ilias Chatsia Theodoris. Uh, well, said. easy for you to say. Yeah. <laughs> Being absolutely effed over here, but we move on, get behind the lads, starting with Villa away, up the bees. Philip Neville, interestingly enough, has come out and said, can we concentrate on playing football now? Which indicates uh, we shouldn't be in this period at the moment. Joe, you've given us £12 million in two days and we've not spent anything. How does that mean we're going bust? Uh, Deb, Debbie Horwood, I'm not even disappointed we didn't sign anyone because on past experience we won't be held to ransom on deadline day, etc, etc. Uh, Lucas, the Brentford manager looking for players who haven't signed anyone. Who, what, 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 where? And Ian Abrahams Muth, still some big signings to be announced. Clubs still have a bit of time to confirm deals. Thank you. Yes, indeed. Thank you, the Headwood, the Headwood here. And we're going to come to the end of this podcast. The first thing that we have to say is that, you know, things are looking up, things are looking down. Um, we're a little bit disappointed, but, you know, maybe if we sleep on this for a couple of days and actually think about it don't forget you know we were elated with the signature of Morpay we were elated with the signature of Watkins you know um, Dalscott's still got you know a bit to prove but he does some good things inside there people need a little bit of time to build you know are we just maybe just a little bit winded by the fact that a we've been sucker blowed three times in one 24 hours by Harry Redknapp and his Birmingham crew, um, and also the fact is that we've lost some players that we feel would be um, would key. I, I'm just trying to be sort of again. Yeah. I keep talking about this devil's advocate and just sitting in the middle here. And uh, I think I think that's a, I think that's fair. You know, yeah. You know, we have to we. It, you look at you have in the in the same way we have to look at a season as a nine month season. We also have to look at a transfer window as being you know its term. Um, do, over the course of the whole window, we've brought in more players than we've lost, um, but it's left us feeling numb because most of the action, most of the actual headline grabbing action, has happened today over the last two days and they've been, they've been they, you know it's involved the talisman you know Yotta and Dean and and to a lesser extent Colin but you know probably Colin out of all of them is the one too far he's, he's, he's probably the better out of all of those players and 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 for, and for myself I mean the, the question that I just you know that I ask and it's a it's just a really difficult one. It's just, it's just almost like a reappraisal. We're very excited coming into this summer, coming out of this summer. Very, very excited about where Brentford are going to go. And you know, it's made me think the last couple of days, sitting down there and thinking, you know, not be funny, but we, you know, we lose ten million a year. We can't pay players more than ten grand a week, or eight grand, or twelve, whatever it may be. But it's around there where we've got Birmingham City. You're offering players forty grand a week. I don't know what Dean's on, maybe twenty, twenty-five. But they're offering them loads more money than we are. The fact is that we still believe that we should be top six. But are we being really realistic about this? Because technically, we we shouldn't be. 
but we're very good at what we do and, and are we a victim of being too good at what we do I mean at the end of the day people used to take the piss out of us oh look at Brentford with their stats <laughs> but now they're running to us taking all our players waiting for us to do the research and all the hard work taking all the players okay we get paid for it but the problem about it is that we pay for it we have to reinvest and hope these players come through so I'm just wondering do we have to actually reinvest assess where we are and maybe I mean I'll put us down and being fourth but maybe are we just mid-table? Are we 12th or 14th or 10th? And is that good enough for where we are considering how much we want to pay for these players? Are we, when we get these great players, we can't keep hold of them. We can, well, we can't keep hold of them because of the effects of the other clubs in the division. Um, it's not down to Brentford as a club, I don't think. I think it's down to the market. I think it's down to the no, current it's not. Club. Well, it's down to the fact that we're a small club and we can't pay the, the wages, and that's just that's a fact. That's the, that is a fact, yeah. The, so, the, and, and, and if we weren't Brentford, then we would be able to. But the fact is that maybe we just need to realise that the fact that we can't do it. And I'm very excited about Brentford this season, and the only way that we can do it is if we just have all these players at one season and then we go for it. But if not, we're going to lose them. i tell you what. I'm going to simply put it this way. I'm remaining optimistic despite the current, you know, the the dealings of today. Um, I still think that there is more to come from Sergio Canos. I think there's more to come from Cameron Mococcio. I think the defence will tighten up and I think it will all be fine. We will get to the playoffs and we will smash QPR or Fulham in the final. Um, That's my Robin. Very, very optimistic um, ambition and prediction. Thank you very much. Okay, and that's wicked from you. And then you're, you're very optimistic because my my optimism has gone it's down from fifth place, and you know, not being negative, not saying we're going to get relegated, but and I think you know these there's signs out there. We've got very good players, but you know, we needed a couple of key key players in there to keep us in there, and I think unfortunately. They're not there. In particular, you know, they're not there at the moment. But I, I would love to be proved wrong, and maybe Marcondes and these people will come in and, like they've done in the last year with Colin and all these other players, maybe they might prove us wrong. Maybe we need to wait for the um, the next transfer window to be better for us. You know, I, my 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 expectations for this season have been recalculated. I I think that if we finish top half of the table. Then I think it's a it's a great season for us, but we, we we're probably going to need to strengthen in January. Uh, let, let's see how the next couple of games takes us. Um, my, you know, I think we're going to do well. Don't worry about us. You know, we've taken we've taken a body blow today, but we'll we'll keep rising onwards and upwards. Taking a body blow, bees fans unhappy, drinking lots of beer, and to be quite honest with you, Black Thursday seems a lot better now than it did about three hours ago, and it's got nothing to do with what's happened in the transfer deadline day. It's what's it's happened. What, it's all about the beer and what we've been doing inside here as well. But anyway, listen, we're in the cross keys in Amersfoort. Absolutely treefing tremendous. They've taken really good care of us. Black Thursday has been horrible Thursday. Listen, let's forget about this. Tomorrow's Friday. England are playing at some time, the other, the next couple of days. And then we're going to come back. We're all going to go to Villa. We're going to arrive a laugh and we're going to smash them off the park, as we say. Come 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.